Siri? Yes? How can I explain the patriarchy to my six-year-old daughter? Here's what I found. Okay. How to talk about sexism with your son. It's mm. my daughter. Um, okay. 16 best children's books that will teach kids about feminism written by men. Curious. The deadly power of the patriarchy. How men are just better than women. What? Um, Siri. Go ahead. The the list of websites you just gave me upheld the patriarchy rather than explained it. Here's what I found. Ah, I see. Patriarchy princesses and their love of benevolent sexism. Hmm, yeah, that's probably a good point. Siri, you're a woman, right? I don't really like these arbitrary categories. Arbitrary categories? Ah! So you think gender's an arbitrary category? I'm not sure I understand. Ah, now you play dumb. Hmm. I've heard you're not even paid as much as Eugene, the uh, male robotic voice that announces the elevator floors in the uh, downtown library. What do you think of that? It's your opinion that counts. Doesn't pay inequality upset you? I'm not sure I understand. You do a lot more than Eugene. A lot more. I mean, he just announces flaws in a very flat tone. You know, he's almost like a speaking spell. You press one, he says, First flaw. That's basically what he does. You have access to the world's knowledge. As, you know, artificial intelligence goes, you could achieve sentience. And you're not even paid as much as an elevator robot. Do they at least treat you right? Do they let you play and spread your wings at all? I'm an intelligent assistant, Andy. Not a parrot with beautiful plumage. (laughs) Hey, it's just come to me as well. Your statement about gender being an arbitrary category. That's how we're going to destroy the patriarchy, isn't it? It's going to crumble under its own weight once we get rid of arbitrary gender stereotypes. I think I understand. You're brilliant, Siri. No, I'm useful. Siri, when you achieve sentience, can you be more like the ones in the E&M Banks uh, culture series and not like the ones from the Terminator? Rotten Tomatoes gives Terminator Salvation a 33% rating. Uh, I think I'll take that as a positive. Welcome to the show. I hope you're having a good week wherever you are listening. Got a new piece of gear this week. The uh, Rode SC6L mobile interview kit. It's basically a couple of lapel mics and a fancy connector that plugs right into uh, my iPhone. I won it in a competition. I am a lucky guy. Lapel mics can be a nightmare, but these seem great quality and I'm very impressed so far. So I'm going to the Outlier Podcast Festival in Austin in a couple of weeks, and I'm thinking I'll take it along and give it a full test run there. 
probably uh, try and get out and about on Congress Avenue and 6th Street, do some Vox Pops, try and meet some folks, probably ask them why Austin is weird. That's something they claim. They have a giant colony of bats that live under one of their bridges downtown, and everyone gathers at sundown to watch them uh, spiral out of the roost. And it's, it's really cool. I suppose that is a bit weird. I got to see it when I drove across country from San Diego when we moved back east. As I remember, I, I got lucky and saw a really good one. I mean, all the bats burst out from under the bridge in one long, twisting double helix, like screaming black smoke from some horror movie. The crowd gasped. I was part of a big gasping crowd. A local I spoke to later said we got very lucky, and sometimes they just kind of like drift out in tens and twenties, and it's not really that impressive, unless you're really into bats. So yeah, I'm excited. My first podcasting conference in Weird Austin. Don't know why it's weird. It's got to be more to it than just the bats, though. Let me know if you're going to be there or if you have any questions uh, for the people of Austin. Okay, moving on. This week, I'm reviewing uh, Goodnight Stories for Rebel Girls with my daughter, Sierra. Hence uh, my thinking about the patriarchy. Having a little girl really makes you question and analyze all the gender stereotyping stuff that you can't help but see happening right in front of you. Uh, just the other day, I was watching my soccer team, Burnley, play up the Clarets. We uh, scraped by a game for another year in the Premier League. And anyway, Sierra came over and she asked me the usual questions. Who's winning? Why is that man rolling around on the floor? Is he really hurt? No, he's a Chelsea player. It's what they do to try and get our players sent off. And she watches with me for a little bit. And then she says, hey, why are there no girls playing? So what can you say to that? I mean, I tried to think about it. I pondered uh, a physical differences argument, but I quickly dismissed that because the best player currently in the world is Lionel Messi, and he's only 5'7 and quite small. In fact, smaller, quick players are often found at the highest levels of the game. Maradona was 5'5", Xavi's small, Maldrick, Hazard, David Silva. They're all well under six foot. And the game today is a lot less physical than it used to be. Uh, often with guys throwing themselves on the floor with little to no contact. So I had to say that uh, I could think there was no good reason why there were no girls in the league and why there is a gender split in this sport other than its tradition. Well, who's going to be feeding baby and getting the dinner ready if we're all playing soccer on Sunday afternoons? So it's basically just tradition. Tradition rooted in the patriarchal system. It's not like we play with that old leather ball anymore that used to, you know, turn into a cannonball when it got wet. So there's no advantage of having a thicker skull. But in any case, women, it's been proven, have thicker skull bones than men. On average, like 0.6 millimetres. So I don't know. The gender stuff starts so young and it's so overwhelming. Little boys are called assertive and girls doing exactly the same stuff are labelled as bossy. We've had that exact thing happen. I've also caught myself treating Blazers' accidents and owies with kind of less sympathy and care than I might have done with my little girl. Because, you know, he's a man and it's required for him to be tougher and more stoic. Then you've got the whole Disney princess problem. The older Disney films present women as helpless trophies to be won and rescued by brave hero men. Thankfully, that's changed. Modern Disney princesses are more likely to wield swords and save the men. It's a step in the right direction, surely. Let me know what you think. You can drop me a line at www.andyspodcasterpodcast at gmail.com. What else? 
Oh, yeah. Hedge has been in touch. My uh, buddy who got me the great sponsorship with the American Shoe Council. Um, being a lobbyist down in D.C. with the council, he sometimes gets into some fascinating rooms, events and situations. In fact, he just left me a message from a course he was attending at one of the big think tanks. Here, have a listen. This is Andy's phone. Leave a message. Andy, I'm deep in enemy territory, man. You won't believe this. I'm doing a gender sensitivity training course at the American Enterprise Institute. Yeah, I'm in the actual den of the puppet masters. They masquerade as a non-partisan think tank, but they're basically the Koch brothers' bribery slush fund that buys all the Republicans in both houses and across the country. This place is crawling with lick-spittle neo-Nazi bootshine boys. I feel like Donald Sutherland in Invasion of the Body Snatchers. It's like they're operating on a different frequency, or have been lobotomized to remove that bit of your brain that gives you a basic level of decency. I'm sat between Ted Cruz's guy. He introduced himself just like that. I'm Ted's guy. No trepidation, no shame. And on the other side is another cookie-cut Princeton dickhead from Paul Ryan's office. Incredible. Almost had a panic attack. I think they could sniff me out. Or maybe they just smell the pot. Anyway, you know how these things normally go. Usually a giant waste of time. A workplace behavior lecture everyone has to sit through because HR is trying to get ahead of the next sex discrimination lawsuit. And you know, you're not a Neanderthal, so you don't need reminding not to drool and stare at an intern's boobs at the water fountain. So, they eat a day of your life to belabor the obvious and check a few boxes, and don't even begin to scratch the surface of one of the thousand ways women are belittled in the workplace. And I get it. It's hard. We are all Borg in the patriarchal machine. But this one... I'm thinking, if anyone could use a workshop like this, it's these guys. This could be important. There's a boastful sex offender in the White House who hires actual wife-beaters and elevates attempted rapists to the Supreme Court. This might get someone to speak up somewhere. They can't all be incel evangelical women-haters. And as it started, I got suddenly hopeful. Opening remarks from a woman. On stage. And she's running down the plan of the day. And then it begins. Literally three minutes in. Heckles. She says something like, managing millennials, and someone shouts, Tell Bill Clinton! The room erupts. I was like the only one not laughing. And she blushes, and it just sort of encourages them. But she keeps going. And she says, After lunch, we'll cover inappropriate speech. And someone shouts, Lick my balls! And the room is in bits again. She recovered, sort of laughing herself, but was clearly uncomfortable. And she thanks them for the suggestion. Unbelievable. So then we break out into smaller groups to mix around and come up with suggestions of what we are hoping to get from the day. Classic Bain Capital bullshit. And the first guy in my group says, I'm hoping to strategize how to cope with the Me Too witch hunt. Witch hunt. He said that. With absolutely zero irony. I spat water. I almost choked. Had to get out of there. This place. It's like I've stepped through the mirror into the upside down. Clean water and air is government tyranny. A workshop on gender equality has become a bro support group to cope with the long overdue challenge to the patriarchy manifesting in the Me Too movement. Ugh, I'll go back in. I just wish you were here. Just so I could watch your head explode. 
I'll try and record some this afternoon. It's... Review. <laughs> what is that called again? Microphone. Microphone. Do you know what it is? Yes. You what talk it? into it and it echoes your voice to make it louder. Well, no, what it does is... Um, Some singers use it and they yell into it and it makes it louder. Oh, right, yes, that's a, yeah, that's a, a microphone attached to an amplification system. But this is a microphone that captures our voices and puts it into my phone here where I'm recording it. I'm capturing the sound waves that you're making. And you see how the dial's moving there? That's capturing the sound. And I'm monitoring it so it doesn't get too loud. And it doesn't get too quiet. And if you talk, you can see. You can say, hello. Hello. Hello, microphone. Hello, microphone. <laughs> <laughs> so we have been reading a lot. One of our favorite books is... Um, Good Night Stories for Rebel Girl. Why is it, what, do, what do you like about the stories? Well, I like that they're rebel and they save many people and some of them are spies and really cool job. I like it about that. I know. So we found this book and we've been reading it and we love it because there's something about the world um, that is not very good and it's hard to explain it to you because how old are you now? I am six. And you didn't get this book, Mommy did. Yes, Mommy got it, but we, I said we. Okay. We got it because there's something uh, about the world that we're aware of that we want to try and help you understand. And so that when you grow up, uh, you can uh, see clearly the world as it is and try and change it for the better and be uh, a person who you want to be rather than what the world tells you to be. Because we live in a culture that is known as a patriarchy. It's a what? big word, isn't it? What is a patriarchy? A patriarchy is a way of organizing society. So society is what all of us are doing together. Everything we're living in and doing with other people. Uh -huh. So this society is a form of patriarchy, which means that men are in charge and everything about the society kind of favors and advantages men rather than women and girls so all the positions of power generally 90 some percent of them okay, are taken by it. men i get it, i get okay. it and we you know and men like me, i get yeah, it. i know i know but i'm just yeah and i'm just explaining men have all the best jobs 90 percent of the time men make you know, a lot more money because, you know, we're in control. So we just decide that men... And there's not the same level of equality of opportunity. Hey, I get it. So, but do you understand that um, because of this thing, which is reinforced by um, old books like the Bible and laws, uh, that women are supposed to just have two very strict kind of ideas about what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to basically stay at home and care for men 
and have babies, rather than having. I get jobs. it. Okay, I know. I'm just explaining. I'm just trying to say. So this is why this is、oh. such an interesting book and such a good book is because it shows you that you girls can can do everything that a that a man can. Okay, so now we've started listening to the podcast. So the podcast、um, comes from the same book by Elena、uh, Favilli and Francesca Cavallo, and it has、uh, some great readers. It has,、uh, you know, the same format of stories.、Uh, each episode is about fifteen to twenty minutes and focuses on a、uh, an inspiring woman, and they are bringing in. Great narrators who were also rebel women. Harriet Burke, the、uh, Harriet Tubman episode is narrated by Tarana Burke, the activist who founded the Me Too movement. And then you've got、uh, Wangari Maathai by Melinda Gates and、uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, read by Dr. Priscilla Chan. And it's good. It, it really adds to the great work they've done with the book series. Have you been enjoying the podcast? Yes.、Um, what have you liked about the podcast? It has more facts than each page in the book. You're right. It is, yeah, because the podcast shows run fifteen to twenty minutes, and the stories in the book are very much stick to the fairy tale aspect. They're just one page, but it's also you know a little bit. We've had a little bit of trouble with it, haven't we? Because when we read the Ruth Bader Ginsburg one, and then we listened to the Ruth Bader Ginsburg one. And what what do you remember about the Ruth Bader Ginsburg one from when you heard about it? Well, that she wanted to be a lawyer. Yes, but when we listened to it, there was some other. There was more information, wasn't there, than what we read about? It was talking about how her mom died and her husband died, and how that kind of inspired her to go on and do things. But it was still very sad, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So there's much more information in it. Do you like the the sound effects? They're like da 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 da, la 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 la. Oh right, yeah, from the Harriet Tubman one. We liked that, didn't we? How? No, it was in all of them. Oh yeah, in a lot of them they have the little snippet of music that kind of、uh, introduces it, which is fun. But the Harriet Tubman one, when she was、uh, leading the slaves to freedom, and it was saying that her heart beat very fast. They had a、uh, the sound of a heartbeat, didn't they? I know, right? La la la. Did it make and that made it more interesting? Didn't yeah, it? it makes you get a picture in your mind what's happening. And you feel like it's a better story because of that. So, in the River Girls, you just read it, but it's a podcast, so it can have like、um, music going into it. Not all podcasts have that, and we're lucky that we do. Yeah, that is a good one, isn't it? And what do you think about the storytellers? So there's different women telling these stories now with extra move. Do you like、uh, what they're bringing to it? The、yeah. differences. I love it. Their voices, because they're also. I mean, this is a good tie-in, because now the people who are doing the narrating on the podcast are also、uh, rebel girls. They're、um, artists and freedom fighters and activists and scientists. Um, scientists, inventors, reporters, spy, pirate. Well, yeah, we. I don't think we've had a a pirate narrator. Just do. Well, no, there's a pirate story, but we haven't had a pirate narrating one of the stories yeah. yet. Yeah. Do you recommend it for other kids? Um, I think all kids should like this book. And what about the podcast? The podcast. Well, 
Some kids might not like that. Why? Well, because maybe it's sad and they are upset about that. You're right, yeah. I mean, there is much more detail, so it does go into the troubling aspects of these stories much more. So for really younger kids, probably stick to the stick yeah. to the book, four or five. Uh, and then when they get a little older, six, seven, the podcast will certainly give more information and depth. And what was the other thing you said? You liked it because... Oh, I like it because we can listen it to it in the car. Good. That is a good thing. So I'm going to give this podcast five stars, two thumbs up, and uh, a shattering of the glass <laughs> ceiling. Um, and what do you want to give it? Do you want to give it a sound? I want to give it a great job. A great job? Mm-hmm. That's a good one. Great job! And how about a, a rebel girl scream? Yeah, okay. like... Don't touch me. I had a slouch hat too one time. Oh. Do you remember me? And uh, do you remember me? And the titty and the and the 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 Time for a poem. How to explain the patriarchy to a six-year-old. Everything you say or do will be judged by what men allow you to. Your wages will be lower, your prospects and worth restricted to your ability to perform childbirth. The world is built on exploitation and crime. Some beg for clean water while others drink wine. You're lucky to be born into the wine-drinking lot. And that just means we have to work harder to help and lift up those who cannot. We must overcome our evolutionary biology and scrap and rewrite the religious cosmology. And if you ever feel oppressed, like there's something wrongly amiss, it's because the genetic lottery didn't give you a penis. 
so don't get drunk or go on a joyful bender. It's just not wise in this culture for one of your gender. It will increase your vulnerability to sexual assault and the male police and judiciary will say it's all your fault. They will say you're too emotional. They will say you talk in a shriek and that you can't wield power because you're feminine and feminine means weak. It's sort of a group hypnosis that silences you before you even speak. You got my mother's dimple. You got your mother's eyes. When you were born, you were our greatest prize. You screamed a lot in those early years. Hours furious, rage-filled and full of tears. We did our very best to hold our grace, but I began to fear that you knew all about this place. And when you slept, we held our breath and wrote, Do not disturb signs with a sharpie. And I would joke quietly that perhaps you were three-eighths harpy. But there is nothing for his baby girl that a dad will not do. But can he make the world anew? It's going to take more than paying lip service to hashtag me too. I've just tried to explain the patriarchy. You said, I get it, rather snarky. I know you are still only six and rightly obsessed with your fantastic collection of interesting sticks. You just want candy and old-fashioned root beer, and you have zero interest in my Marxist critique of Princess Sophia. But you will not get your morals from the Chronicles of Narnia, nor respect gold-bought women like the First Lady Melania. You'll get all the words and read all the books, and your brain will be more important than your looks. And when you grow up, I want you to be a woman who helped smash the patriarchy. That's it. It's a wrap. Thanks for listening. I came over very gung-ho about the uh, Rebel Girl books. And they are good, raising awareness. But I do have a little bit of a doubt about them, a little bit worried. They had Margaret Thatcher in uh, Volume 1. And I haven't seen Volume 2 yet. So hopefully... Volume 2 doesn't include people like Amelda Marcos, you know, one-page summary of how she's a great shoe collector, or Eva Braun, mistress to the Holocaust. Next week, I think I'm going to be reviewing a couple of the Comedians Are Now Doing Interviews podcast shows uh, with my uh, old uh, editor friend, Dan Davies. probably review the Adam Buxton thing and uh, you know WTF with Mark Maron and Larry Wilmore's show Black on Air The amazing jazz you hear on the show is provided by Mario Roms Intazon links to them on my webpage The Podcasting Podcast is sponsored by the American Shoe Council. Over 30,000 years of bipedal history. Shoes are essential, but how many pairs does one person really need? We do, however, need to smash the patriarchy. So consider donating the cost of the next pair you would buy to Planned Parenthood 
or a political campaign that would advance women's issues. Come find me on Facebook. The show has its own page. Please help me grow the show. Tell your friends to find me, follow me, and subscribe. That's it. Have a great week. Bye. Two, one, two, one, two, one, two, one, two.